Welcome to Anarchists and Androids. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian, joined today by my co-host, Parenthesis I. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello, and it's it's May Day. Yeah, yeah it's the International Workers Day. Was well, Inter- uh, <laughs> International Workers Day? Exactly. Yep. Uh, also known as Labor Day in many countries of the world, but not in the U.S. And and that was declared by by something called the Second International, or the ones who originally declared May Day to be International Workers Day. It's not here in the United States. We have Labor Day. Well, what's the difference between May Day and Labor Day? Oh, well, May Day is cooler. <laughs> <laughs> May Day is like the original Labor Day. And uh, what I've heard is like that the U.S. and Canada, they have a in Labor Day in September as a way to diffuse the radical potency of Labor Day, <laughs> May Day. There was an incident that 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 was the Haymarket affair, they call it, that led to May 1st being called, you know, the International Workers Day, May Day. Now, May Day existed as a holiday prior to that. Uh, I'm not going to really get into that a lot. <laughs> yeah, but basically it's about like welcoming the beginning of summer in warm weather. And a lot of times you see it associated with kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, so, sort of a folk magic type of, type of thing that happens that people get into. Yeah. yeah, a European pagan kind of thing. Yeah, sort of like, it kind of makes me think of like Wicker Man or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. There's also like the maypole, you know, that where you have like the the string or something that you wrap around the pole. So what is the the maypole exactly? Like, where does that even come from? Oh, uh, European pagan bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 decorate a tree trunk usually with like these giant ribbons, and they have that whole thing where people walk around in a pattern and kind of like create a braid of the strings down the down the tree trunk or the pole, the maypole. Right. Uh, see now, now you remind me of like <laughs> this one intentional community in Tennessee uh, called Short Mountain Sanctuary. It was like a gay men's commune, and like they would have like these big May Day uh, festivals, you know, parties around the Maypole and stuff, and it would always end in an orgy. Oh, so, <laughs> that's so, a great celebration! It sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. You, you yeah. have lots of friendly friends. Everybody's loving each other. I'm I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> yeah. So that's one way to celebrate May Day, but we're kind of talking about another way of celebrating May Day. <laughs> the, the International Working Work Workers Day is what was called the Haymarket Affair, which happened in May of 1886. What was the Haymarket Affair? What happened, and what was its impact on the world? And why oh, was May Day chosen for International Workers Day? Oh, see now, now I feel like I'm a, a bad anarchist here. <laughs> like, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of it, but there is a Wikipedia entry. So there's a yeah, pull it up. So here's the thing I was thinking about. Um, I, I feel the best way to talk about what happened with the Haymarket Affair is to talk about what's happening nowadays. Um, recently there were a lot of protests in the last couple of years after the death of George Floyd and a lot of cities, uh, had people come out in protest that people were very upset about it. It was this cataclysmic event that was throughout all the media being talked about by everyone. There was was videos put out of the incident and it it lit fire under a lot of folks 
asses, for lack of a better way to describe it. And that's what got a lot of people involved and thinking about things. It changed some people's politics. It got some people active. The Haymarket Affair was a pretty much the same exact thing happening in 1886. Only back then we didn't have Facebook and Twitter. The information didn't come out right away. It was an incident in Chicago in the Haymarket Square. And there was a labor protest for the eight hour. They're fighting for the eight hour workday, right? Yeah. And like there's lots of labor unrest and strikes and general strikes and all that that were happening around that same time period. Mm -hmm. Now, back then, if you wanted to do any political speech, you couldn't just get on to the Internet and do it. You couldn't just stay home and do it. Nobody would hear you. If you wanted someone to hear you, you had to go out with uh, literally the, the whole soapbox thing. You know, I think we all know that mm -hmm. was going on. People were taking their soapboxes, standing up and, 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 and saying their piece. If you wanted to say something against the system... You know, you had to say it out there directly to people. Now, they're in the Haymarket Square, and they have a there's a there's a general strike, and there's a shift change that occurs, and things were very peaceful. They say with this general strike, and at some point, the cops come in, and conflict occurs. There is a bomb thrown. People are killed and injured. Oh, and police were killed too by the bombs. Yes. There's actually more civilians killed and injured than police, but there were, I think it was like seven police and eight civilians or something like that. I can't remember yeah. exactly. Uh, but there were more civilians killed than there were police that day. Uh, as they call it, uh, the Haymarket Riot, the Haymarket Square Riot, or the Haymarket Incident, or the Haymarket Massacre. So this this moment is one of those political hotspots like we've seen on the TV you know, we saw happening out where you live a couple of years ago. There was a big, a, a big uh, sink, right? Oh, about the George Floyd mm -hmm. incident. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was that was you know there there was the burning down the cop shop, whatnot. That kind of thing was in, was going on. You know, but was that? That's not quite one hundred and fifty years ago, eighteen eighty six. And in response to that, they they kind of rounded up. A bunch of people who were who were either present and prominent within the labor movement, specifically anarchists. They were specifically yeah. targeting anarchists at the time. And Albert Parsons was one of them. Albert Parsons was a newspaper feller. He was a, he was a publisher. He put out political newspapers and commentary. Him and his wife Lucy Parsons. She also wrote for the for the for the newspaper that he published there as well. He was one of the folks that was taken up and uh, they kind of talk about the trials that uh, that follow as uh, anarchism being on trial. So this this whole kerfuffle makes makes international news. People hear about it all over the world and read about it, get enraged. And it's a very politically charged topic in the 1880s. Yeah. And I remember that the famous anarchist, uh, Emma Goldman, I remember her saying uh, in writing that uh, she first came across anarchism as a result of all this publicity from the Haymarket affair. So I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk, I would we probably definitely, here's the people we need to talk about is Lucy Parsons, but let's talk about Emma Goldman for a minute because I grabbed her, her uh, autobiography called Living My Life, which is huge. Uh, uh, yeah. Two volumes. Yep. <laughs> I've got the uh, one volume edition which is the uh the what is it the abridged and then the unabridged which comes in two volumes as well penguin yeah. puts out a 
I will say, if you want to read Living My Life, Penguin does put out the abridged volume, which is probably easier to get through than the unabridged. That's the only one I've ever actually personally ran to be, or read through, to be honest. Ran like it's a role-playing game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. See, like, yeah, I, I've read both volumes. And then I also read uh, Alexander Berkman, you oh. know, her partner who's alive, you know. Uh, and uh, he wrote uh, Prison Memoirs of an Anarchist. Yes. Yeah, so it's kind of like a trilogy if you include that. Emma and hers... One of the very first things in her autobiography she talks about is the Haymarket affair. Yeah. She goes, she's come to the United States and kind of, she gets divorced, which is almost unheard of. She comes to the United States and she starts talking about it. Um, Let me see here. I'm going to, I'm going to pull up the area. And I, if you don't mind, I, I'm just going to read the page where she talks about her encounter with, with learning about this stuff. Yeah. She came from Lithuania. Was that it? Um, uh, where where did she come? I thought so. I hmm. I want to say like I've always said Russia, but it's, I, I'm bad with geography. Sometimes <laughs> over there, where's Lithuania at? Yeah, Orthodox Lithuanian Jewish family. She came from. Oh yeah, so she did come from uh, Lithuania, Kaunas. The so she goes to a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they had regular you know meetings of socialists and anarchists. Because if you're going to talk about these things, you need someone to talk about them. You have to do it in person because we can't message back and forth on the internet, right? Yeah, no group chats. Yeah, there's no group <laughs> chats. So she goes, and there's a woman there uh, giving a speech talking about the Haymarket affair. Now, at this point, all you've got to imagine all the newspapers out there are pretty much on the boss's side, the industrialist side, the cop side, right? There were radical papers and stuff at that time as well. Emma Goldman published uh, Mother Earth, her publication mm -hmm. later on, but you know, those were the kinds of publications you get kind of the other side or view, which were often repressed by police. A lot of people who were printing that kind of stuff had equipment taken away, uh, their publications and things destroyed. That was pretty common back then. The entire speech, I'm going to start reading what she talks about when she hears of a speech about Haymarket, though. And this is from Emma Goldman's Living My Life. The entire speech concerned the stirring events in Chicago. She began by relating the historical background of the case. She told me of the labor strikes that broke out throughout the country in 1886 for the demand of an eight-hour workday. The center of the movement was Chicago, and there the struggle between the toilers and their bosses became intense and bitter. A meeting of the striking employees of the McCormick Harvester Company in that city was attacked by police. Men and women were beaten and several persons killed. To protest against the outrage, a mass meeting was called in the Haymarket Square on May 4th. It was addressed by Albert Parsons, August Spies, Adolf Fisher, and others, and was quiet and orderly. This was attested to by Carter Harrison, mayor of Chicago, who had attended the meeting to see what was going on. The mayor left satisfied that everything was all right, and he informed the captain of the district to that effort. It was getting cloudy. A light rain began to fall, and the people started to disperse. Only a few remaining while one of the last speakers was addressing the audience. The Captain Ward, accompanied by a strong force of police, suddenly appeared in the square. He ordered the meeting to disperse forthwith. This is an orderly assembly, the chairman replied, whereupon the police fell upon the people, clubbing them unmercifully. Then something flashed through the air and exploded, killing a number of police officers and wounding a score of others. It was never ascertained to the actual, who the actual culprit was, and the authorities apparently made little effort to discover him. Instead, orders were immediately issued for the arrest of all the speakers at the Haymarket meeting and other prominent anarchists. 
the entire press and the bourgeois of Chicago and the whole country began shouting for the blood of the prisoners. A veritable campaign of terror was carried on by the police, who were given a moral and financial encouragement by the Citizens Association to further their murderous plan to get the anarchists out of the way. The public mind was so inflamed by the atrocious stories circulated by the press against the leaders of the strike that a fair trial for them became an impossibility. In fact, the trial proved the worst frame-up in hi the history of the United States. The jury was picked for conviction. The district attorney announced in open court that it was not only the arrest and men who were accused, but that anarchism was on trial and that it was to be exterminated. The judge repeatedly denounced the prisoners from the bench, influencing the jury against them. The witnesses were terrorized or bribed with the result that eight men, innocent of the crime and in no way connected with it, were convicted. The incited state of the public mind and general prejudice against anarchists, coupled with the employer's bitter opposition to the eight-hour movement, constituted the atmosphere that favored the judicial murder of the Chicago anarchists, five of them. Albert Parsons, August Spies, Louis Ling, Adolf Fisher, and George Engel were sentenced to die by hanging. Um, Michael Schwalab and Samuel Filden were doomed to life imprisonment. Nebi received 15 years sentence. The innocent blood of the Haymarket martyrs was calling for revenge. And she goes on about how she talks to the woman who gave the speech and how it how it kind of like inspires her. She 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 sees this happening. It's unjust. She's angry. She wants to do stuff. So we learn that the Haymarket affair is very influential on Emma Goldman's motivation to do a lot of what she did and got into. And a lot of organizers were responding to this and saw the unjust element of the system when this occurred a hundred almost 150 years ago, 140 years ago now, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting because, like, uh, it, this whole affair, it reminds me of the uh, Chicago 1968 Democratic National Convention riots and protests yeah. and all that. And it's it's interesting because, like, I've actually spent time in Chicago and I walked from the location where the uh, 68 riots happened to where the Haymarket Square is. <laughs> it's only like about a half an hour, 45 minute walk. <laughs> and And but like both events, you know, like had a big kind of melee you could say right mm -hmm. uh people got hurt and then lots of people getting arrested and then big trials that happened with lots of publicity in both trials and both events like radicalized people you know in the 1968 a lot of people gave up all hope about electoral politics and adopted like more of an arm struggle kind of attitude and such like the weather underground for example yeah, no, there were some pretty pretty famous folks involved in the 68 incident, weren't there as well? Oh, yeah, like Abby Hoffman and Jerry Rubin, mm -hmm. Dave Dillinger. <laughs> yeah. All worth checking out. I, I, I'm particularly fond of Abby Hoffman for some reason. I really appreciate his existence yeah. at times. <laughs> but then also Chicago, too. It's like, so where the Haymarket Square, uh, where they had like that incident took place, there's a really nice, elaborate statue sculpture that's there. And then also outside of Chicago, one of the suburbs, there's a, a cemetery where the, the Haymarket martyrs that were executed, you know, they, they're they buried there and there's a nice statue memorial for them as well. So Chicago has like two memorials for this whole affair. That's, that's interesting that they would 
they would give so it's not common that that the anarchists get much much acknowledgement in our history you know? yeah. <laughs> especially by authorities enough for to get a statue or uh, two a statues <laughs> <laughs> yeah That's, but it, it was a big part of just labor history in general even mm -hmm. though anarchists were on trial there you know lots of people who were pro working class etc you know, it, it meant something to them what was going on because it was over the eight-hour workday, which was something we were struggling to get. Uh, and it seems like something that we've kind of lost. <laughs> oh, <last century. laughs> yeah, because I can think like in recent history, like I've worked a lot more than eight-hour shifts. <laughs> so, but maybe the fact that, yeah, getting paid overtime, I guess, maybe that is reflective of the eight-hour laws, I suppose. Uh, yeah, perhaps. it's It, yeah. it is what... Now... I, I want to talk about some of the people who were involved real quick. Albert Parsons and Lucy Parsons. Lucy Parsons is someone I definitely strongly suggest you check out. She's a very interesting woman in history. She was born. There's a little. So there's a lot of, of question about her upcoming and where she yeah. was born, who her parents were and things like that. She was born to a slave. She was born in slavery. Um, a woman of color and the deep south during slavery she lived through the civil war and so did albert parsons her husband and i heard that albert parsons was a confederate soldier too wasn't he yes he was yeah. he was involved with the confederacy when he signed in oddly so I've, I've looked at some of that and i'm a little confused on some of where he was coming from and his stances too they may have changed over the years mm -hmm. But after he, he signed up, he became a Republican, they say, and he was very adamantly fighting for the rights of formerly enslaved people, from what I understand. So they were very involved with that. They also got very involved in labor struggles. So the they were kind of focused on, like, you know, the exploitation of labor for free and slavery and the treatment of human beings, as well as the treatment of employees when we finally end slavery and say, hey, look, you know, the working class needs better. Lucy Parsons was very focused on the class struggle, probably more so at times than Emma Goldman's writing would be. And there were some conflicts there that if you want to really read into that, that existed. But that was kind of a point of that. that some of the gender politics and stuff they didn't see eye to eye on. Yeah. Now, Albert Parsons was a was a printer. He had a he had a paper. He started printing papers in Texas, I believe, in the campus of Chicago, was very involved in labor organizing and printing his little radical paper there as well and um i want to talk about august spies for a minute who was one of the other ones who spoke that day do you know who august spies was no just he's <laughs> a really cool name <laughs> yeah <laughs> well apparently well apparently august spies when brought up one of the things that was interesting about he was an anarchist at the time yeah, a labor activist, a newspaper editor. A lot of these people who were radical uh, organizers at the time were very involved in like like writing little essays and articles, trying to persuade people, making little booklets and, and, and things like that. So he was involved with that as well. And he was executed because of this. He also, one of the things they used for him is that apparently he had dynamite. Um, he didn't have dynamite, from what I understand, at the Haymarket Affair, but he had some dynamite at some point in time. And his response to that is like, yeah, I got dynamite, just like I have a gun. Like I, I, The only time I'd use it would be to practice it so I'd know how to use it. These are things that I have. It's my freedom to have it. Uh, but I want to also be abrupt here for a minute and kind of change the, the, the point of view we're looking at this interaction with. 
in the 1800s, um, language and our understanding of things are not influenced by, you know, the Bush administration or the Clinton administration <laughs> or the, the or the uh, the next Bush administration that came after that. And that throughout the 80s, we started having words, certain connotations associated with words like the term terrorist. Now, I think it's interesting because if you go back to the 1800s, it wasn't like used as a propaganda tool on TV to frighten you off. A lot of folks used it like like a guy would be like, yeah, I'm a hooligan. It was something that people self-proclaimed a lot of times. So the idea that, oh, I'm a terrorist... <laughs> did not have the same connotation in the 1800s as it does yeah. in the 1890 or the, I'm sorry, the 1990s and the 2000s. So there was some sort of like the use of some of those words you see pop up when you're reading about some of these things. Some of these people were calling themselves that just like today on the internet, there's a lot of conflict. Like, Oh, you're a tanky. You're a tanky. Like, yeah, I'm a tanky. And people will cling on to that term. So understanding that when we see a lot of these things talked about in the 1800s, from the term anarchism to the term terrorist, they were using them in very different ways and very different sides were using them for different purposes than we would use them today on a 24-hour news cycle and how we normally understand them. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a mouthful? Is that that makes sense what I'm trying to say there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and now like so many governments around the world use the word terrorist it's just like a blanket label for anyone they don't like. And and let's be honest that kind of there was it's it's a little fallen out of faux pas now. But back then in the 1890s, and early 1900s, prior to especially prior up to World War One, anarchist as a term was used very similarly. People say I'm an anarchist. I'm an anarcho-communist. I'm fighting for the workers and the government would use it as chaos. They're anarchists. <laughs> they're baddies. They're terrorists. So just the way that they choose and the context they've chosen to use these terms kind of leads to the reputation that anarchism might have today. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter which terms we would have used to describe those things. <laughs> well, yeah, keep in mind, like there was also in history, like uh, around the turn of the century, the President McKinley was assassinated by an anarchist. Oh, and, yes. Yeah. So that definitely like tainted the, the image you know, of that word. And then also in the 1920s, about 100 years ago, uh, there was like that high profile uh, case of Sacco and Vanzetti, two Italian yes. anarchists that were accused of killing someone. And the Sacco and Vanzetti, what year was that? Was 19 something, wasn't it? Oh, 1920 something. Yeah. So the Sacco and Vanzetti incident was similar to the Haymarket incident in that it was a big news event involving the anarchists that got a lot of attention. There was a big show trial over it. A lot of stuff there involved with immigrants and the persecution of immigrants in the Sacco and Zeddy trial that was probably very relevant because not only was the political uh, view on trial there, but it was very focused on immigration. Now, the Haymarket incident is not usually presented as something that 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 focuses on things like race, uh, nationality and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I've read the history of the Chicago Police Department, which is an interesting book. <laughs> you should check it out. Yeah. One of the things is that there are a lot of racial dynamics going into these conflicts at the time in that area. And 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 the more you look at what was going on in that labor movement, there like immigration was a big deal at the time. Was a lot of people were coming over from a lot of places. 
And some folks, like folks from Europe, were getting, and, and depending on where you came from, you kind of had a different experience coming in. And you know, most of those folks coming in were not wealthy immigrants. They were looking for work. They were looking for a better life. They were working in these factories. And there was a lot of division. And there was a lot of laws passed at the time that explicitly, explicitly in the United States, would not allow for you to join a labor union if you were just pretty much not a white person. Like, like there were lots of very like ethnic and racially specific restrictions. Now the IWW broke the law and said, that's bullshit. This is for everybody. And they fought against that their entire history. I want to talk about the IWW and its relationship to yeah. the Haymarket. Fair. Oh, and IWW. <laughs> I think uh, IWW was also founded in Chicago. And I think uh, Lucy Parsons was one of the founders. Too, yes. So yeah. Lucy Parsons loses her husband. You know, he's executed. He's, he's He gives a speech at the Haymar Haymarket Square during this incident in 18... Was it 1886, was it? I'm, I, I always... So he was he passed away in November of 87. So I'm assuming it was 86 when it happened because he had him in prison for a while. Lucy Parsons would go on in 1905 with nine or 19 years later. Is that make it or nine? Yeah. 19 years later, Lucy Parsons would go on to be one of the founding members of the industrial workers of the world, looking to create one big union to fight against capitalism, essentially. And. Her involvement throughout all of this, she was heavily involved. She was heavily involved for most of her life till she died in like the middle of the, I think it was like at the end of the 40s, correct? Um, huh. She's an interesting person. A lot of her writings are hard to get in print sometimes. Uh, you're, you're easier to find them on the anarchist libraries and places like that. Uh, she doesn't She doesn't get a lot of love from major publishers. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So Lucy Parsons died in 1942 at the age of 91. So, yeah, she lived quite a long life. Uh, 91. I'd be I'll be happy. I want I, I want to live to be 103. Please, Lord, <laughs> let me be. <laughs> I love life and I'm loving it. So that is kind of behind. So once all this happens, the, the, the first international and the second international, what are they? <laughs> What are they? How would you describe those things? Oh, well, I mean, the first, uh, like, International Working Men's Association, you know, that was, like, the first real big international conglomeration of radical lefty groups. So both socialists, communists, anarchists, all like, syndicalists, union organizers, they were all there. And the first international, like... The thing it's most remembered for is how it ended, <laughs> which is the big split between like uh, Mikhail Bakunin and the anarchists on one side and Karl Marx and Frederick Engels with the, the state socialists on the other side. And basically Marx and Engels maneuvered for Bakunin and the anarchists to be kicked out. And then the whole thing kind of faded away and dissolved after that. But then right after that, then uh, other people said, OK, th the first attempt failed. Let's have a new International Working Men's Association, but this time no anarchists allowed. Oh no! <laughs> but, but still, some anarchists managed to kind of sneak into the organization and even get elected to positions of power. But but still, officially speaking, anarchists were not allowed in the second international. But then that organization ended up dying because of World War One, mm -hmm. and a lot of the international working people joined the military and started killing each other. <laughs> and so the whole idea of being anti-militarism and anti-war. That was just one faction. And so because of all these different factions, because of World War One, that, that whole international ended. 
And then with World War One, you had the Bolshevik Revolution, and then that created the Third International, which was <laughs> the Soviet Union basically trying to like create more Soviet Union aligned parties and political factions around the world. So that was purely a, a puppet of the Soviet Union. So back in so it was uh, what year did the what year did the Second International uh, declare May Day to be May first in remembrance of I, I don't even know if I looked that specific year up but it was not too much later that the Second International declares May Day to be yeah. the International Working Men's Day I think is what they originally called it the International Working Persons Day uh, International Workers Day we'll call it for that works uh, let's see oh, it looks like 1904 was. When the second international the year before they found the IWW. So for those that like a couple decades, this is building and building, right? Like you got things like the foundation of the IWW that happens in Chicago. You've got the declaration of May Day. You've got you've had these news cycles go around and these things are a part of history now. And people have chosen their size and they're going to go to conflict over it. Why do I love May Day so much? Why is May Day is one of my favorite my favorite holidays because no, it's, it's my my favorite. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, I think my 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 runner up is Halloween because I get to wear yeah. cool costumes and I get to get eat candy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have obligations <laughs> to buy people stuff outside of a few bags of candy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't have to drive anywhere or go to a giant family gathering. I get to stay home and watch scary monster movies. So that's a pretty choice holiday, but, but the one I really feel like, oh, yeah, it's coming up is it's today. The day that this episode drops, at least, is going to be May 1st, 2023, May Day 2023. So this is a holiday I'm excited about. And if you're a working class folk, you should probably give it a few hurrahs and see what's out there and go stand up with, with, with your fellow workers against the bosses. <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then I would just a shout out for this uh, cemetery. (laughs) It's called the Forest Home Cemetery in Forest Park, Illinois, you know, right outside of Chicago. And so I definitely recommend checking it out if you're in Chicago to go to the cemetery (laughs) because uh, you have the Haymarket Martyrs Memorial Monument there, the statue and all that. And all the Haymarket Martyrs are buried there. And Lucy Parsons is buried there. Emma Goldman's buried there. Uh, Elizabeth Gurley Flynn and Big Bill Haywood, two of the founders of the IWW, are buried there. And so is Voltaren Declare, another famous anarchist uh, woman from the same time period as Lucy Parsons and Emma Goldman. You know, and uh, yeah, I think the founder of secular Marxist humanism is also buried there. So it's like all these like famous communists and anarchists and socialists are buried in that one cemetery. Oh, yeah, that's the the dirty pink Okami cemetery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. With all the tankies, the terrorists, and anarchists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so definitely, I, I I've not been there. As you're saying this, I'm sitting here thinking, I bet you it wouldn't take much just to mention for me to bring up to Kate, like, hey, you want to go up there to see all the the anarcho communist anarchist communists and radical graves and take a trip to chicago i think that might have to happen within the next year i'm pretty sure we can pull that off <laughs> yeah. next family trip go to the haymarket square <laughs> oh yeah well i think next year the democratic national convention is going to be in chicago so you could go protest the convention then goes to the cemetery it'd be great oh yeah make it a family <laughs> affair everybody yeah. there we can go back to the haymarket square <laughs> yeah. and kids. try some Chicago deep dished pizza too. 
Yeah, and I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, I probably haven't always had the. I don't know. Like, I, my, I had my kids uh, down West Florissant when uh, stuff was going over down out there in uh, in Ferguson, uh, just by chance uh, at the time, and that was quite an experience to have kids at. It was <laughs> interesting <laughs> to happen. <laughs> There's quite a story there. It was it was disturbing, but those uh, police were were very questionable at the time. Some of their actions while we were while we were there it was mostly just a group of of people speaking and stuff like that. But it, it was interesting what was going on. I've never seen anything like that. They had they had they were full. Of, my son's first reaction was looked at as the army. I said, "Son, that's not the army. That is those are police." <laughs> it's like wow. No. It was lined up. It was crazy. And this time it's very similar to like the whole Haymarket affair, too. You mm-hmm. know, you had these militarized police charging a crowd. Oh, oh yeah. They shot a kid in one of the tents, like right before we had gotten up there. They went out to because people were parked up behind parking lots, behind businesses and in, in lots and stuff like that. And they shot a kid over there. Right behind the Billy Graham Crusade trailer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, anyways, I, I do we have anything else we'd like to add to the Haymarket affair today in May Day? Oh, we just uh, I'd say that the Hay- Haymarket affair in May Day, as well as Sacco and Vanzetti trial, that both of them like started by anarchists and were kind of anarchist originated, but in both cases, the state socialist, you know, Marxist Leninist kind of took over the whole event and like put that you know, red flag veneer over it. <laughs> and so a lot of times when people think of May Day in a political sense, they think of the various Soviet Union aligned countries and not anarchists per se. And the same thing with the uh, Sacco and Vanzetti. You know, sometimes people are surprised to learn that Sacco and Vanzetti were actually anarchists and not communists. <laughs> so I I have one final thing that we need to add to this that and that is happy May Day. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. Out there listening, have a good May Day. You know, if you if you're if you're on your way to work this morning when this drops and you hear this, go ahead and take a little extra time in the restroom. Go ahead and lock <laughs> yeah. the door. Take that extra 10 or 15 minutes to yourself if you're going into work today. Maybe call into work and be like, "Oh, I can't come in." You know, it it's the workers' day. It's not the boss's day. Uh, I don't usually say the big f bombs on here. I try to avoid it, but fuck the boss and go ahead and do your thing. Yeah. <laughs> Celebrate May Day, or you could show up at work but talk with your coworkers about forming a union. Yes, you could. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm gonna say, I'm, I, one thing I tell people to not to do is don't talk about unions at the workplace. Agitate. Talk about issues that impact people and mean something to them perhaps but watch how much you agitate there you want a lot of your one-on-ones and stuff like that when you learn how to organize want to happen outside of the workplace away from earshot of the boss uh and not on on the company time you want to be a awesome employee they want to think you're great have no idea that you're secretly sneaking around saying hey we're gonna we're gonna form a union and we're gonna we're gonna get a better shake (laughs) that's all i have for today you got anything else to add to this? Uh, no, like, I mean, as far as movies goes, I'm sure there's probably some kind of Mayday affiliated movie, but I'm not sure. Mayday affiliated, it's just, it's just the anarchist side. I'm sorry, there's yeah. no androids. There is the yeah. great, the great anarchist AI that will liberate us all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is coming, I wish. Yeah. 
If you enjoyed what you've heard here today, there's going to be a few more Anarchists and Androids episodes dropping this month. It's not going to be weekly. It'll probably be bi-weekly. Listen up. We talked about, we talk about, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about everything, everywhere, all at once, which is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and The Last of The Last of Us. The Last of Us, we finish up. We're going to be finishing up here soon. And we might get some Baby Yoda in there as well. (laughs) So stay tuned. Anarchist and Androids will be back. And as always... Oh, everyone has their own rebellion.